Love it or hate it, run to it or away from it, change is inevitable. And while unforeseen change is usually not something people look forward to, predictable change is often welcome. We celebrate the transitions that come with new jobs, milestone birthdays, babies, graduations, and senior year. Your senior year, you expect you expect the most out of it. The grand finale, the pinnacle, your last firsts, your first last. As an athlete, your farewell tour. But what happens when change changes your change? To have this pandemic kind of get in the way of potentially having a great, you know, fourth year was really unsettling for me. You know, I always try to look at the positive and like, okay, at least we get to play basketball. You know, at least I'm healthy, at least I'm alive. And that stuff is really cool. And obviously it's it's humbling and it, and it kind of brings you back, back down to your foundation when you get too high, but it still didn't kind of reduce the fact that it really all just sucked. With uncertainty becoming her new normal, professional basketball player Michaela Anyanwere found herself fighting her instincts. For me, like one of my biggest down downfalls at times is when things just get to be too much, I just like shut it off and like shut down. Navigating multiple shifts, team dinners turn takeout, pep rallies gone, Zoom gatherings in, playing in fanless gyms to playing in one of the most iconic arenas, amateur turning pro, uncertainty to conviction. Michaela was being forged by fire and she had a choice to make, to embrace not only the environmental and circumstantial changes that were occurring, but also the changes that were stirring inside of her. Is just being an example enough? Could I really be an introvert? Am I a leader? Should I be using my voice? This is Every Season Together. I'm Asha Franklin, and today we're walking with Michaela through a season of evolution. I've been walking the walk, not just talking the talk. The nights have been long from the dark to the dawn. Why do you think prior to this experience and this time in your life, it was so hard for you to speak up? I don't even know. Like, I'm not a quiet person, per se. I think the whole confrontation part is where it's like, mm. I really thought, like, I'm going to do what I need to do. As long as I show up, as long as I'm very consistent, as long as I work hard, I do my job. I don't know if that's me being selfish. I know what I'm here to do, and I'm here to get better. I'm here to, you know, be a good teammate. I think when I was thinking in that lens, it was very like, oh, I'm thinking about me. You can be a good teammate and be consistent, but you're not being as good a teammate as you can if you're not saying anything to your other teammates, holding them accountable and calling them up. And so I think that realization for me is where the turning point was. And again, I didn't really love confrontation, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be like, you're yelling and screaming at them. No, it doesn't have to be that. But it's like, hey, I need more from you today. Hey, I need you to do this today. I take it you don't like to argue in general. Yeah, I'm not a huge, huge, like, if you ask my friends, like, we really don't get in fights. I'm not the friend. I don't do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to argue. We're good. Like, we're good. We don't need to. There's no reason to. Fair enough. I think that's an interesting point. I think a lot of people don't like confrontation. And I think that that word can have a very negative connotation. But if we're all different people, right, we're never going to agree on everything. True. And there's room. How do you learn or how do you challenge your way of thinking if you're never questioned? 
True, and I think that's a good. That's such a good point. Such such a good point. And like, like that stems from was like, ooh, like I don't want to step on toes. Or, but you're right. Like, how do I learn? How do I go about this differently? We never have a conversation about it. And like you said, conversation is a. It does have a negative connotation, but it doesn't always have to. Where it's like we can just talk about it or whatever it might have been. We're living through a pandemic, but also racial and social economic injustice is really coming to the forefront. A lot of people are forced to sort of look at these issues like they never have before. And as someone who played college athletics at a time where as much as I may have wanted to say something, I would never have dreamed that that would be possible. So it was really cool to see athletes starting to use their platforms and use their voice and say something about what was happening and recognizing, hey, particularly for a lot of athletes who are black and brown and play at schools that are predominantly white and play for people who probably vote against their interests. What was it like being a current athlete in this moment and how did you feel when you started seeing your peers use their platforms and their voice this was a very tough time and add on top of that like you said the social unrest going through what we all went through as a country and like you said being a college athlete during that time being a black woman during that time and seeing just the unrest and how it made me feel it was overwhelming like I was like this is too much like between the pandemic between you know the social unrest with George Floyd like I'm overwhelmed like I needed to disconnect from social media like it was really really affecting me and it was a hard definitely a hard time but I think through that experience I definitely found my voice and I think so did the rest of my teammates and obviously it sucks that it took such a you know a tragic moment to do so but we really, really, really found our voices. And I saw college athletes being like, no, like I'm no longer going to just, you know, be an athlete. I'm not no longer just going to dribble a ball. And like, that's, doesn't, that's not where my identity lies. Like, that's not where it stops. And so I saw myself, you know, my, my counterparts really, really speaking up. And I was really proud of that because like you said, it's always just been like, you're an athlete, stay in the athlete's place. You don't know anything else about, about anything else really. And so to see that was really, really inspiring. And we were able to create an initiative just within my team where it was called More Than a Dream. And our whole mission was to highlight just like black issues and you know, black culture and really speak up about the injustices in this world. And I would have never done that if it wasn't for this time of eight months being at home where the tragedy of George Floyd, I would have never done that. But I think there was light in the fact that there were so many people stepping up and really, really, really using their platform and realizing that they weren't just athletes. We're not just athletes. Like we have people who look to us. We have people who are inspired by us. So why not put something out in this world that people are going to want to listen and follow that it's really, really important. And I think during that time, like voices were needed. I'm really happy that I was able to get that out of that and do that with my teammates. Do you remember the first time you publicly said something? The first real time where we wanted to like come together was doing more than a dream and kind of the startup of that and that was towards the beginning of when we went back to school so that's kind of like probably the first time and then and then after that it was very easy I can say whatever I want what I believe is what I believe and I'm gonna say whatever I want and so that's kind of where that confidence came from but I would say like probably towards the beginning of my senior year what helped you overcome that fear where you're like you know what I'm gonna do it anyways Because for me, it was like, what's wrong is wrong. What's right is right. Like, you can't argue that. You just can't. Like, what happened with George Floyd was wrong. And I don't care what side you're on, but what happened was wrong. And so I think that gave me the confidence that, like, I can say this because I know that. And I have people behind me who are going to back me and support me. And 
I just know like this is the right thing. As you're gaining this confidence, I can imagine this is a huge tool going into your senior year. How did beginning to speak up outside of basketball maybe help you or change you as a leader within your team? Oh, yes. That's a good question. So my first three years, I was very quiet, very much so like an example leader. Like I I wouldn't consider myself somebody who's going to go out and rah-rah type of, not at all. I've never been that. I've always been somebody who like, I'm going to work hard and practice. I'm going to show up and be very consistent. That's something that I I pride myself on every single day. I think that with this kind of change and shift in using my platform outside of basketball, I was able to see things in myself off the court that I could see on the court. And my senior year, I was a captain, so my teammates looked to me. I had to be able to say stuff and speak up even when they were uncomfortable. And obviously, like, you don't want to step on toes being teammates with people, being teammates with your friends. But I felt like I was doing a disservice to not only myself, but also my team if I speak up and say stuff. And so whether that's like, hey, like, I need you to be a better rebounder right now. Hey, I need you to not get beat here. Whatever it might have been, I saw that growth in myself. How has your view on leadership changed? Oh, my God, it's changed so much. Before, leadership was not my thing. Like, I was like, no, I guess it's not, not for me. No, I'm not interested <laughs> at all. At all. Even if we don't know, we follow people all the time. I knew who I was following people because they did certain things. And even if we don't always say, like, we find people to follow. For little girls and boys who fall into that category of I'm a hard worker, focused, I want the team to be successful. So that means I'm going to show up and do my job. How do you encourage them to find their voice in a way that's natural for them? Because I think you're right. A lot of times the loudest people end up being the leaders because they're the loudest. Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily make a good leader. And that's not the only way to be a leader. I think knowing yourself is really important. And one real logical way to start is really gaining relationships with your teammates. That's kind of the foundational part to start leadership. Because if you don't have really relationships with your teammates, like, then it can sound condescending. Then it can sound like negative confrontation. And that's not what you want. When you have something to say to your teammate or like you go outside of yourself, like, hey, I'm going to say something to somebody and hold them accountable that it's not coming from a bad place. They know it's like, oh, they got my back. Because we've already done the, the relational stuff before that to fill in for whatever might have been said as far as holding people accountable. Then it becomes not as hard. Don't be somebody that you're not. If you're not a rah-rah person, don't be a rah-rah person weird it's gonna not be natural to you at all so don't do that absolutely I agree with you relationships are the foundation of pretty much everything everything, in life everything. everything for sure change is not easy for a lot of people how did you deal with really every day not knowing if it was going to go according to plan we had our schedules down packed from morning to night we knew exactly what we were gonna do my senior year, the first game, we're so excited. We're back after eight months. We were literally getting dressed. Like, I'm in my uniform. They call us out. They're like, yo, the game's canceled. We were distraught. All this work we put in to come back. The first game of this of my senior year, boom, canceled. Literally, as I have my jersey on, the game is canceled. I was like, no way. And so we met, and my coach was like, look, we're just going to have to be okay with this being the new reality. And so I think that, you know, for me, it would have been easy to just be like, this is terrible. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm mad. I'm this, that, and third. But again, being a leader, being a senior on this team, I was like, I know I can't operate in that way. And so, like, I was very disappointed. But it was like, okay, tomorrow, we go back. Come on. Go to practice. Work as hard as we can. Because at this point, we know that not everything is promised. And we've we seen it. Like, not everything is promised. And I think 
that year we had like eight games canceled, which is like for me, I thought that was a lot of games. I was like, that is a lot, of, a lot of games, and we weren't even like the one of the worst. We never had a COVID outbreak. Yeah, there, yeah, there was more. a lot more people where like seasons were canceled or like conference canceled games, and we had eight. And I was like, that's a lot. But kind of shifting to this leadership mindset where I was like, we're gonna be okay, but we have to kind of take take it one day at a time. And as cliche as that sounds, like that's exactly what we had to do. And kind of be grateful for the day that we had. Just enjoying that day one day at a time was really, really important for us. Like college was one of the best times of my life. And obviously senior year was a little bit more modified, but I feel like we did such a good job of just doing what we had and enjoying what we had. How much more emphasis has to be placed on the mental health of everyone involved? You know, I can only imagine what it feels like to walk into practice and you're like, we can't even sit next to each other. You saw a rise of athletes using their platform as far as the social unrest, but you also saw athletes using their platform to talk about mental health as well. Like That was also something where it's like, we see that college athletes are using their platform in every single facet of life. And I think that's something that has been kind of shied away from in college athletics. We just don't talk about it. We know what's going on, we just don't talk about it. To see that shift was really, really cool as well. We only had each other to lean on. And so it was really important to be able to check in with each other. Like, hey, how are you? How are you really doing? Like, don't just sit here and lie to me and be like, oh, I'm fine. How are you really doing? You were challenged in a lot of ways. You were stretched in a lot of ways. And I'm sure it was mental exhaustion, right? You're constantly fighting the mental fatigue, especially as a leader, to say, this is how I'm feeling personally. But I also have to think about the other people who I'm supporting and who I'm leading and who are looking to me. So one, how do you balance that? What is your outlet as a leader? Who do you go to or where do you go to when you're like, you know what? Like, I just need to vent. I need to have a bad moment, whatever that case may be. And then how do you think that helped to prepare you for the steps after college as you had to get ready for the draft and everything else that was to follow? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think as a leader, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be perfect. That's not at all how it's supposed to be. And I was a part of a leadership team. A leadership team was, there was like four or five of us where we kind of read a lot of leadership books, made a lot, some decisions as far as like how the team went. And just during that time, those are the people who I really leaned on. Those four were always like, okay, we're all leaders in this, in this kind of safe space where we can kind of talk and kind of vent and be very honest about how we're feeling, where it's like, we can talk, but we're not going to take us back to the team. But I also utilize just my other friends that were not in my, on my team, just regular people who don't play basketball or who are not on my team or who don't go to UCLA, just who also are struggling as well through this pandemic, but are not seeing my struggles as the same as, as their own. And so I think that gave me good perspective as well, because it was like, okay, this is this is with my daily life every single day, so I'm biased to how I think, how I feel. Like if I tell somebody else how I'm feeling, like they can kind of give me a different perspective. I also pray quite a bit. You know, I'm a woman of faith. You know, really believe in God, so he's somebody who I really leaned on during that time as well. Do you think you were better prepared, or do you think that you were more mentally tired once season ended, graduation, draft happens, you're getting ready to start? your pro career, I know you said the draft process was particularly stressful. Do you think you were better prepared to handle that stress? The most stressful part of the process of it, of like the transition for me was really like before the draft. So it was still like part of this senior year where I'm still like, oh, God, Lord, this is hard, you know? And so like, I don't think that actually transitioned 
as much to my pro career. But like right before the draft, that was probably one of the most stressful times where it's like, you know, we lost a little earlier than expected. Then I had to move out of my apartment literally a week later. I graduated and I like it was it was just a lot going on. So I think that part was just the overall transition. Like I think that what I went through before in my senior year just definitely helped me out was able to, you know, learn how to adapt and learn how to adapt to change. And change was going to happen. Like, I was moving all the way from California to New York two weeks. Obviously, I didn't know at the time. But that type of stuff that I went through my senior year definitely helped me kind of prepare um, for my pro career and definitely was better because of it, even though, like, during the time I was like, all right, like, this is this is reality. But I think it definitely helped me, for sure, just moving forward. You obviously found a lot of success some would say your rookie season it's been a while since there was one person that kind of was running away (laughs) with the title of rookie of the year how do you think you were able to find so much success rookie year was just it was just such a blessing and I think being again going back to relationships and going back to the people that I met like I don't think that I would have made that transition look so easy if it weren't for, weren't for them. And, and to go through, you know, what I went through as far as, you know, senior year, very hard, early exit in the tournament, blah, 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 and then be able to, you know, have that have that success kind of so quickly, just kind of a testament to, like, what I learned about myself during that time. And um, the transition was, I mean, it, it was tough. You know, you're playing against people you watched play for literally ever, and you're able to see kind of like your deficiencies on the court. You're able to see what where you can fit in and stuff like that. And so my mindset to kind of going into the season was like, I'm just gonna do what I can. Again, I'm kind of I was coming back, kind of going back to my my college days. I'm gonna do what I can every day to help my team. Um, I'm gonna show up and be very consistent. And that was kind of like my only goal every single day of practice, every single game. Is I'm gonna do what I can for my team. I'm not gonna go outside of myself. I'm just gonna do what I can and show up consistently every day. And, and I think that mindset kind of helped me out and, you know, getting that success. And, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without the kind of what I had learned before in my senior year. And so although, like I said, it was it was tough, it really, really did help me out and just, you know, adapting different things, being able to be in a different environment and, and thrive and to succeed. And yeah, your rookie year was so fun, being around a lot of different people, being around my teammates who, you know, some of them are going to be my friends forever, regardless of on the team next year or not, creating those relationships, being around a good support staff, being a great city of New York. I claim New York, like I was, I'm from there. Ask anybody. <laughs> I claim like I'm like, I literally was raised there. Just very grateful to be able to be um, in that position. Best moment of rookie season. The best moment for me, there's a few, I would say. I just like being, being able to be in New York was within itself like one of the best times of my life. If anybody's ever been in New York, you literally have every single different type of person there. So much diversity, so much to do. The food is ridiculously good. Just New York in general is the best. And then probably my first game, being on that stage, I had all my family there, uncles, aunts, grandparents, my parents, my brothers, everybody flew out. I'm like, I'm from Colorado. So like, that's a like a kind of a far trek. To have them all come out and see my first game and be really successful. And the game we played, that game was a really good game. We went on like the game winner. I couldn't have asked for more for a first game. And then and you chucked a three the first time I you did. touched the ball. I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> like if you know me, I didn't even shoot threes in college. So I got the ball the first one of the first possessions. And I literally shot it like from two, three feet from the line. Why I did that, I don't know. But I made it, so I was like, okay, we're here. We're here. <laughs> It was foreshadowing that this was just going to be your season. It was. I really, I shot it and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
stack on defense. I was like, thank God I went in because if not, I'd be like, coach, take me out. Because what was that? <laughs> Third was obviously winning rookie of the year. I think going through a tough year and um, there's a lot of naysayers and whatever it may be and a lot of people with different opinions. And so to be able to have that award where it's like nobody can kind of take that from me. And that's probably one of my proudest moments um, to this day, just being able to win that award. And so many people who supported me, who have been by my side, who have been in my corner. And so to have that and be able to be supported by all of those people is probably like top two moment of my life. Being in the league in and of itself, but then winning rookie of the year, this is something that elevates your voice. It elevates your platform. It elevates your visibility. As a self-described introvert, how do you manage that? Is it exciting? Is it terrifying? That kind of self-proclaimed introversion that I have is very, very recent discovery. I think through the pandemic, I really realized I don't mind like being alone. Like I'm very outgoing, which hasn't changed, but I can I can see the change in myself where I'm like, okay, like I'm done being outgoing. I'm ready to go back to my room and be by myself. You know, it's crazy. One of my closest friends, she always would tell me like, you're like an introvert. She's like, you're the most introverted um, extrovert I've ever met. Didn't really understand. I was like, I'm not introverted at all. But she would tell me this in college. I was like, no, I'm not. I just try not to be overwhelmed by the extra eyes on me sort of thing. I play this game because I love this game. And that's what kind of keeps me grounded. And that's what kind of keeps me just like level-headed in that way where it's like all the extra stuff is is cool. But at the end of the day, what keeps me grounded is I play basketball because I love this game. And I don't play for any other reason. And, you know, the platform is cool. The, the fans are cool. You know, the messages from little girls all over the world are really cool. But at the end of the day, like, I stay level because I love this game. That's why, you know, I'm here. And that's what foundation where I'm here. So I think that's that's where I kind of find that balance. Is it safe to say that basketball has changed your life? Oh, 100%. I think in all aspects. I feel like as an athlete, sometimes you put your identity into your sport. Basketball is 90% of what I do. What I do. My job right now is basketball. Sometimes as athletes, it can be hard to, like, separate your identity from your sport. But I would say 100% just it's changed the way that I lead. It's changed the way that I interact with just my friends and my family. It's changed the way that um, I use my platform. It's changed It's changed my life in the way, like, financial situations. It's changed how I've been able to see the world. I wouldn't be able to see the world in this facet without this sport. So grateful to basketball. And I think that's why foundationally it's so easy for me to go back to be like I just love this sport so much because it's just done so much for my life I do separate myself from basketball like I'm not Michaela basketball player I'm Michaela who plays basketball but I do think that basketball has really changed my life I heard you originally thought your career would be done when your college days were over yes literally are you glad you were wrong I'm so glad because I actually picked up basketball pretty late. Like, I was, like, 12. I did it really late. I was like, you know, like, I'm just going to do it for fun. Got to college. I was like, this is really fun. Like, I like it. And it probably wasn't until, like, my sophomore-ish junior year where I was like, oh, like, I could do this for a while. And so I was a late bloomer in every single facet, for sure. But I'm so, so glad I was wrong because I just met so many great people, had so many great relationships with this sport, traveled the world, seen the world because of this sport. So I'm very grateful that I was wrong. It doesn't hurt to be a late bloomer, right? It does not. <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I love that question. I hope that I'm remembered as somebody who was a very genuine and authentic spirit. I hope people can 
look back and say that I was very humble, trustworthy, that I worked really hard, I was very consistent, and I showed up for people. I hope that's how people remember me. Whether that's on the court or off the court, I hope that's how you know, my legacy is, is coming in. Are you smiling? Because I'm smiling. Michaela, your joy is contagious. And if your work ethic is anywhere near the level of your energy, it's no secret why you've had the success you have. I'm fascinated by the idea that you wanted no part in being a leader because you strike me as someone who has the ability to set a bar people will want to meet and a spirit that people want to follow. Your personality is infectious. I will be rooting for you as you continue to find your way and take up space in this world. If you continue to stay connected to your core and be true to yourself, that legacy of authenticity, humbleness, working hard, showing up for others, and trustworthiness will undoubtedly be the fruit of your time here. You are where you are supposed to be. I love that this new generation of athletes are asking questions, challenging the status quo, and recognizing that sport is what they do, not who they are. They are catalysts for change. Being proactive, doing the work, and taking risks to bring awareness and push us forward. It sounds like a call to action for the rest of us to get uncomfortable, ask thought-provoking questions, and confront something in our everyday lives. We don't have to have a sizable platform to be change agents. Is there someone in your life who challenges you? Is there someone who infuriates you? Is there someone who needs to hear a different point of view? Is that someone you? Is there someone who can get you thinking? Is there a space where you've been hesitant to speak up? Let's challenge ourselves this week to reach out to that person or speak up in that space. Until next time, when we'll continue walking through every season. Let's go.